to Women Transcend. I'm Jennifer Todd, and this is a podcast that explores issues that affect women and girls worldwide. Each episode, we dive into a topic of national or international significance and discuss the particular impact on women and girls and how they are able to overcome or transcend. Since the election of Donald Trump and his subsequent inauguration on January 20th, 2017, the world, it seems, has experienced a palpable shift. Things changed that day, and the reverberations have been felt worldwide. I don't think anyone could have predicted the global response to the election of Trump to the U.S. presidency and to the preceding events that would take shape. I am referring, of course, to the historic and unequaled level of organization and resistance against not just Trump as president, but all he and his presidency stand for. The selection of Trump for president marked a tipping point for his voters and his base. They selected Mr. Trump for their president as a protest statement against what they perceived as the establishment, the politically correct, the liberal elite, the Washington status quo. In a zero-sum mindset, a large group of Americans felt that gains by minorities, women, immigrants, and lots of others necessarily meant that they were losing. The election of Mr. Trump was their ultimate protest. They reached their tipping point. In response, we have seen unprecedented numbers of protests by hundreds of thousands of people in the United States and across the globe. A tipping point was reached for those who opposed Donald Trump and all he represents on January 20th, and we continue to feel the global reverberations. They started with the Women's March on Washington on January 21st, 2017. At least 408 marches were held in the United States, and 168 other marches were held in 81 countries around the globe. The Women's March marked the beginning of large-scale resistance to Mr. Trump and to his policies. And since the Women's March, there have been dozens of widespread protest rallies all across the United States and all across the globe. In the month of April alone, there was the Tax March, the March for Science, and the Climate March. There are numerous additional protest marches planned, so much so that protest organizers have commented that they are running out of weekends. There are protest marches planned for nearly every weekend with the Immigrant and Workers March, the Equality March, the Women's Equality Day, just to name a few. I attended the March for Science in Washington, D.C. 
It was a chilly day with steady rain for the entire day. Despite the weather, there were tens of thousands of people who joined this protest to lend their voice against what has effectively been a persistent attack on science and a broader attack on facts. Attack on facts. The overly exuberant embrace by the Trump administration to so-called alternative facts and questioning of some of our most basic truths has fueled the March for Science movement. Like many of the recent protest rallies, the March for Science was held in cities all across the United States and all across the globe. People, whether scientists or not, added their voice to call for enough. Enough. We recorded live at the March for Science, so forgive some of the difficulties with sound quality. In addition to a very noisy crowd, there were loudspeakers and music, which we did the best we could to level. Thanks to those intrepid science believers who came out for the March for Science in Washington and who took some time to speak with me about what moved them to make the trip to lend their voice to a movement, a growing movement, standing up on behalf of truth. I, I know why I'm here. Okay. Why are you here today on this ugly, rainy day? I am a public school teacher and I um, lead an environmental group and I believe in, I guess, expressing kind of the disgust and the disturbance that I'm feeling and my students are feeling with what's happening politically. Things like the EPA being threatened. Um, we just celebrated Earth Day at our school, and I know today's Earth Day, but that started in 1970. And look at where we're at now. So it's very upsetting. I came for the Women's March as well. Um, it was a tough decision between the climate march next week, weekend, and this weekend, but it happened to coincide with my school vacation, so it's easier. So I just, there's just so many things that are wrong that we need to fight for. So. Katrina, what brings you here today on this kind of yucky, ugly day? Um, I'm a scientist, and I believe very strongly in supporting scientists and science funding and science yeah. in general. Uh huh. And what do you think about the environment, the, the public discourse around science? I think it's a shame that recently there's been so much doubt and distrust of what scientists are saying and what they're showing. Um, and I also think it's a shame that in general people don't really know how to find accurate information. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Very good point. Gwen, what brings you here on this kind of dreary day? Um, well, we were out for the Women's March back in, uh, in uh, January, and we immediately decided that we were going to come back as many opportunities as we had because it's important to just keep showing our, our interests and ourselves and, and make sure that we're visible. Great. Thank you for that. 
What do you think about the, the general discourse around science right now? I, I think that we're at a very important crossroads. We've got many, many opportunities, and yet we seem to be um, at, a, at a point where people want to turn backward rather than go forward. And I think that fear is driving a lot of what's happening right now. And I think that um, science is the only way that we're going to move forward uh, and get over these, these sorts of um, regressive tendencies. Great. Thank you so much. Megan, so what brings you here today? Psychology. Psychology. Mental health care. <laughs> so what do you think about the, the general state of women in STEM fields? We're still vastly underrepresented and people don't recognize that that's still a thing. So it would be great if we see more women out here. Yeah. Girls in lab coats. Yes, I know. I've seen some and go girls, but it would be nice, yeah? Yeah. Have you ever experienced situations as a scientist where you are keenly aware, ah, I'm the only woman in the room, or yeah. something like that? Yeah, it's one of those moments where you look around and everyone's in a full suit and tie and no one else has long hair and the only one in a skirt. Yeah, so, uh-huh. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Yeah, so do you have any thoughts on, on what we can do to, to maybe get more girls interested in, in STEM fields? be more encouraging you know stop some of the jokes you know we don't need any more of the math is hard let's go shopping math isn't that hard (laughs) thank you yes thank you for that do you have anything you'd like to add and what's your first name ashley ashley so what brings you here today Uh, i teach second grade science and social studies and so i'm i'm here for my students uh to let them see me supporting something that's important to me so that they feel that empowerment to to continue moving forward the scientific inquiry and thinking and Uh not being afraid to ask questions and show up for what you believe in yeah so first and second grade do you think that's too early to start encouraging young girls to be interested in science not at all not at all i i think seeing people who look like you doing things anything is one of the most powerful things for a, a young child boys girls undecided whatever uh-huh. uh it's uh, the most important thing as humans that we can do is show show up be present and uh don't squash somebody's dreams just uh-huh. because you don't believe in it do you see that in any aspects of education that that uh sort of tacit or um things that we're not even aware that we're doing or that are part of the system that kind of discourage girls um, as opposed to boys into you know taking the science class or taking the math class, I think you see it more as um, they grow up and yeah. gender roles, quote unquote, are more defined. Uh, my personal mission as an educator is to be entirely conscious of that, and it's hard. But you know, taking that moment to reflect on how did I how did I encourage this student over that student to pursue this particular topic. And really, using using my platform as as a teacher to say you can do this and you can do this, and there's no reason why one of you should be more into science than the other. That that is great. Thank you for your great work, and thank you for coming today. What's your first name? Marley. 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 Thank you so much uh, for coming today. Can I ask what brings you on this dreary day to to this March for Science? support us all make sure we all get what we need and it's available to everybody not just upper class yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah see everybody together that's awesome yeah Definitely. 
Do you have any thoughts on how the the discourse around science has gotten so charged? You should answer this. So what? So, so politically charged. Science has always been political. Right. Yeah. Well, it takes money to do anything in science. You have to fund it somehow. And with the like, the corporate greed getting more and more political, that you know you have to go to to the government to ask for funding for science, and they will probably want to put it into something else. And that's really upsetting to me because you know, like science is this what is I'm the going most to school for. Thing for our culture, for our, all the people here. Like, all, yeah. And, and what do you think about um, the underrepresentation of women in scientific fields? Just like everything in the world is not. It's not fair. It's yeah. not fair for us, even though we're amazing, amazing creatures. Uh-huh. And we're yeah. and I not getting your show for it. I feel like maybe women also might be a little bit scared because it is a male-dominated field. That you you don't know when you can like come into it. You know, mm-hmm. it's hard to get started. Yeah. And so I feel like. You just do it. If you get into it, uh-huh. you know, that's where it starts. It's just you. Not worried about getting pushed down. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely yeah. Through. What is your first name? Jenna. And Jenna, what brings you? What brings you here today on kind of a yucky day? Absolutely everything. Because if you don't have clean air and you don't have clean water and you don't have biodiversity and you don't have enough food and you don't have healthy space and you don't have the trees and you don't have the plants and I could keep going and going and going so everything long story short but in other ways I'm here for people too because um, we have so much at stake right now both in terms of the health of our planet but the health of each other both physically mentally spiritually everything um, that I don't know where I'm going with this we need to fight for it yeah sure kind of wear our hearts on our sleeve a little bit more than I think we've kind of been happy to just assume things were being done for us that we would want done that uh-huh. we could stay home on a Saturday on the couch or have a barbecue and instead we have to get out and we have to march and In we have rain. to make clever signs yeah. and <laughs> things like that thank so. you how do you how do you keep from getting really discouraged when we're talking about you know clean air and drinkable water and these are things I, I did an interview with somebody from Union of Concerned Scientists, and she said, you know, Superfund started when the Cuyahoga River caught fire. and that I'm, was I'm from near Cleveland. Yes. <laughs> and that was 45 years ago, and we're still fighting those battles. How do you keep from getting discouraged? Um, I actually work in the environmental education field quite a bit, and so it's really tough communicating some of these issues, especially trying to stay away from the doom and gloom, but it is part of it. I mean, it's a reality that we all have to be aware of and have to realize, you know, on a daily basis, little choices we make add up and those little choices we make can add up to good and add up to bad. So how are we going to tip the scale and, and keeping hope alive? Um, there's actually a lot of, I, I just got a book, um, that's all about communicating environmental issues and, and keeping that hope alive within it. Um, so I'm really into using art and other means, uh-huh. connecting people with place, things yeah. like that. So I think once people experience something, it's a different ball game. So how do we get them to experience it and then know it and then cherish it and then fight for it? Uh-huh. So. Excellent points. How do you feel as a woman in, this, in science? I think I've overall had more positive experiences than negative. I think I'm very aware of some of the small daily occurrences where there's bias that, you know, if you 
let if I dwelled on that, I'd be less productive. So mm-hmm. I kind of just want to do my thing and uh-huh. prove that I'm good at it and prove that I have fire and that it doesn't matter what, you know, whether I'm female or not, because I'm good at what I do and I have passion. So I think, I think just continuing with that, that line of thought will keep me fighting along and, and trying to better myself. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Women Transcend. You can do us a big favor and tell at least one other person about our podcast and how to find us. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you can be sure you won't miss an episode. It will automatically show up in your podcast player. If you like a particular episode, it's easy to share directly through Twitter or Facebook. A big thanks to those who agreed to interview with me and also to John Philbeck for doing all of the fabulous sound artistry so that we sound so good. Tweet us at Women Transcend or follow us on Facebook. We always enjoy hearing from you. That's all for this episode.